What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show. Thank you for tuning in. Today, our guest is Ira Singer from Mosaic Construction, a very experienced general contracting company with over three decades in the business. And Ira knows all about construction. And today, we're getting a window into the construction world and some feedback, really, for those of us that are the real estate investors who work with general contractors and need to do renovations to our properties. We're talking about things that we can do better as real estate investors, particularly on the front end, so that we can have more accurate numbers when we go into investing in a property. Because accurate numbers is, that's what the whole business is based upon, right? If we're buying a property and fixing it up and selling it in a few years, we need to know when we're going in what we are going to spend on fixing it up. And one of the ways to ensure that we have the right numbers is to work with experienced general contractors like Ira to do so. And today he is teaching us how to build relationships with general contractors, what to do, when to get them involved in the process and so much more. There's a lot of great lessons in this one. If you want to follow up and connect with Ira by email or phone, you can reach him at Ira at mosaicconstruction.net or at 847-504-0177. Again, 847-504-0177. We have a great conversation for you today and a lot of lessons from, say, the other side of the table from an experienced, like I said, general contractor giving us feedback on how we can be better as real estate investors and how we can do better deals. So a lot of great information on this one. I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor, and I help busy people passively invest in commercial real estate, specifically in apartment building and self-storage syndications. If you'd like to learn more and potentially invest with us on a future deal, just go to investwithtaylor.com, fill out the form, and schedule a call with me. If you're an Apple Podcast user and you enjoy the show, please take a moment and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars if you don't mind, you guys. I appreciate that so much. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys. I say this every time and I mean it every single time. That gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please do share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. Help them escape the Wall Street casino as well. No matter what podcast app you use, if you haven't done so yet, do look us up and hit the subscribe button. That way you'll get every new episode every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Once again, our guest today is Ira Singer from Mosaic Construction. Without any further ado, here we go. Ira, thank you for joining us today. Taylor, thanks for having me. It's great to be on the on the podcast. Hey, we've been talking for a half an hour already, and I know we've got so much more ahead of us. For our listeners out there who don't know about you and what you do, can you tell us about yourself and your background in the construction industry? I sure can. My name is Ira Singer. I'm in Northbrook, Illinois, currently at my office. We are uh, general Contractors, the name of the company is Mosaic Construction. Uh, we have a diverse portfolio of construction work that we do, both design build and construction only, mostly in the remodeling uh, sector, although we certainly have built uh, new buildings as well. 
the uh, this work that I focus on is uh, sales, production excellence, team training and culture, trade relationships, and marketing. So I'm one of three principals. Uh, we're a team of 22, and uh, we're a national company. Awesome. And you know, uh, when we were kind of putting this interview together, you were like, well, uh, you were a little confused as to why I would want to have you on the show. And, and in my mind, and I think you agree with this after we, we've spoken, in my mind, the construction aspect of any real estate investment, but particularly a multifamily real estate investment with a value add component is such a huge part of the, the overall investment. And these days with, with material volatility and prices at kind of all time highs, getting those things right is more important than it ever has been. So that's why I wanted to bring you on the show today and, and really get the, the general contracting side of real estate investing and learn about what, what we do wrong. What do we as real estate investors do wrong when we go to buy apartment buildings? So let's dive into it and you know, learn where are we screwing up in the, in the first part. I should just ask you where you're screwing up. I mean, I, I certainly <laughs> can help avoid the screw up, but uh, you know, everyone uh, has their own story. Uh, learning from mistakes is, you know, frankly, one of the best ways to learn, even though it, it comes with a price tag. Uh, the, the contracting world is uh, a relationship-based world once you find a good one, both you know, the general who has the trade partners to execute the work, um, as well as the team to effectuate the work. So we are uh, really interested in speaking with owners early, early, early in the process. Bring a contractor on board for even a letter of intent to pay them for their expertise, to see things that owner operator people are there. You know, they're looking at the at the offering memorandum. They're looking at the rent roll. They're looking at the cap rate. They're looking at the vacancy um, and the real estate from a location, location, location point of view. What they may not look enough into is, you know, what's the exterior condition? Uh, is it fire and life safety code up to date? Are there ADA compliance issues? Um, you know, are, is the building itself, whether it's masonry or it's apartment buildings like a community and, you know, are the walls weathertight? Are the windows efficient? Does the roof look compromised? Is the water management of the grounds from guttering? Is, you know, there are things that a contractor sees and because it's multifamily, usually it's not one building. So it's, it's six buildings on the community. There's 25 apartments in each building and six buildings worth of roofs or six buildings worth of windows or units or common areas or life safety upgrades or security like the front door buzzer system, you know, all of a sudden the numbers can get uh, inflated uh, based on the multiple. So having someone as a trusted construction partner who also understands design build so can help with the current footprint and what the investment strategy is, what What's your play? Is it, you know, a value add C to B? Is it um, prove the concept of the increased rent bump and sell the assets? You know, th those are all things that will absolutely uh, be critical to the success of the asset and having the contractor to have those high level conversations who understands the multifamily investment game uh, is critically important. 
Great. So uh, there are really two questions that stick out to in my mind following that is, you know, where do you find that person? Obviously, we've got Iris sitting right in front of us here and right, talking to us today. And then two is when do we get that that person, that contractor involved with a particular, you know, investment property? What's the best time to, to do that? So what are your thoughts on those? My thoughts are that, you know, you have a diverse audience of both novice and experienced investors. So people who have bought and held or bought and sold multifamily real estate have learned, you know, from their prior contract hires what they wouldn't do again. They've learned if they decided they were going to do unit improvements, but they still couldn't get the rent bump because the amenities weren't great or the exterior looked shoddy or old. You know, there are lots of things that, again, my eyes uh, or a professional contractor can do to benefit the upfront decisions that, you know, you're, you're putting a pile of money together to deploy into the asset. Is that enough money? Is that money being spent on the most critical items? If you're going to have it for a long time, uh, should we look at more systemic issues on the building to make sure that you're watertight, that you're not going to get outrageous utility costs, that you know there's no structural issues or code compliance issues? So um, finding that person, uh, relationships are key. Uh, we get most of our business by people hearing about us or being referred to us from past clients. Um, you know, we're not a yellow page general contractor <laughs> where you're hiring us out of the blue. I, I think that when you're talking about hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars being invested into multifamily asset improvement, you have to find someone who has expertise in that sector, who's committed to communication, has, you know, pricing that's in line with your budget, can help define what is a phased construction project or an all-in construction project, making those decisions on your own when you have a pile of money um, could prove, you know, the the wrong spend, the wrong investment. So, okay, so digging that well before you're thirsty and building that relationship, kind of before you're ready to go, and and you know, before you, I guess, have a a property under contract. But when in the timeline of an individual investment, are we you know, would you like to basically go see a property that's already under contract or, you know, especially now when, when things are, especially in the residential space, you know, it's, it's gone immediately, but uh, you know, larger multifamily, they don't sit for very long. So in an optimal scenario, is this, you're coming in, you know, after there's already been an LOY or, you know, what yes. do you think? Usually the, uh, I mean, for relationship-based uh, clients that we have that are, you know, let's say buying a, you know, 30 unit to 200 unit asset, they may call on me to say, I'm, I, I'm going on Monday with a investor who wants to show me a property before he makes an offer. Um, he found me via the internet. We had two conversations. I've not done any work for him, but he's smart enough to know that he's coming into the Chicago market. He's not from this state or this country. And he is targeting area of Chicago. And before he says, you know, yes to his uh, contract, he wants to bring a contractor out that can, you know, sound check or bounce ideas off of 
I can't necessarily tell him it's the right investment because I'm not reading the offering memorandum to the level that he is with the pro forma and what the financial models look like. But I can look at the building and say, were you planning on doing that or were you planning on doing this? And look at that piece. And what about that? And, you know, back of the napkin, here's, you know, where you're landing. Is that what you're prepared, you know, to spend? And I just think that the earlier a contractor can come in who has broad knowledge of asset class from senior, student, market rate housing, affordable housing, workforce housing, they know the market, they know what improvements are too much improvement, they know what the building needs from triaging the building to look at where the potential exposures or risks are and they should be higher on the levels higher up on the list of what needs to be done upon taking you know, ownership of the asset. Uh, and we can help with a lot of that. Great, great. And we talked about the, the following, um, this is maybe a little bit of a hard shift, but we talked about this before we uh, started recording is, you know, I feel I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about the you know, supply chain shortages and, and labor shortages that are going on right now. And you know, there have been many disruptions, price, a lot of uh, price volatility on different things. And, you know, some things just are straight up or not available. And, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear how that has impacted your business because, you know, you might have a, say a contract with a, a subcontractor, but, you know, if uh, toilets just straight up are not available, it's going to be like, what are you going to do? They're, the guy can't find toilets. How are you going to you know, how are you going to hold them to that contract? So uh, how have you been handling, you know, those supply chain shortages, the huge volatility in, in materials and all of that? We, uh, we have, you know, found our way through it. Uh, <laughs> we have, you know, it's, it's been since March, April of 2020. Uh, so, you know, it's coming up on a couple of years where there's a new normal. Good contractors are very busy. Uh, wait times for materials and for just getting a project started are also, uh, you know, delayed. Municipalities are seeing a huge surge in permit applications. So uh, finding people who work in the village offices in the building department, they're short staff, just like every other business is being challenged with short staff. So it's really a uh, a whole systemic issue. Uh, there's no question that material shortages and material price increases have impacted the construction industry, both in the luxury market, the commercial markets, uh, products are hard to source. And so again, the general contractor and his trade partner relations for us, it's, you know, we're design builders. If that toilet isn't available from our supplier, which one is? Pivoting, you know, saying yes and to being flexible because it was bid four months ago, the contract finally came, pricing is up and the product that you expect isn't available right now. And so how do we as good construction partners bring these items transparently to the discussion? Say, here are the challenges, you know, here's what we've vetted or sourced for some opportunities. It may cost more, but you're gonna get it sooner so you can, you know, move in or get your, you know, get your lease signed. Uh, there's no question that it is uh, a challenge being uh, resourceful and having speed to market mentality. How do we get the project in the queue started, launched, built, 
and closed on punch list for final inspection. Very, very challenging times indeed. And you are correct. It's not likely to, you know, change. You know, prices rarely come down after they have gone up. So I, I, I want to keep digging into that. And, and I was actually on a call with somebody last night. Shout out to Cody. Let me know if you listen to this episode. But he pointed out, I think, very accurately that investors, especially pre-pandemic, I mean, we're a couple of years in now, right? So this is probably washed out. But investors budgeted you know, a certain amount for lumber or other materials. And now you know, we find ourselves in a world where lumber is hugely volatile, but it could be like significantly more than folks had had budgeted for. And that goes for other materials. Yes. How how often or or if at all have you seen those materials price increases or availabilities completely wipe out a project here or the, wipe out the profitability of, of a project for for a client? Like is how much is that really happening? Because you kind of expect that to be a possibility, right? So having a reserve in your spend budget for construction right. is critically important. Um, if it, you know, we are a, uh, when we do projects, the cost that we are paying for the labor and the materials that we are providing to the project through mosaic or through our trade partners is on a sworn statement showing what the costs are. And so, uh, they're seeing what things cost, uh, if we're bidding it and we sign a stipulated sum contract. Mosaic signs, sign, signs contracts with all of our trade partners and supplier partners, they're being held to that number. You know, doors that we ordered, expecting them to be here in four months are now five months or six months. And, you know, toilets to your example earlier, there is absolutely, uh, you know, the pivot in being able to be fluid and adaptable with good communication to the client that we just found out that it's another X weeks or the price went up by X, you know, this is what you have in the budget because this is what we're contracted under. Do you want to move? Do you want to shift? Here's something we have found. Again, it's, it's good communication is the hallmark of successful project management and being transparent on fees for what the trades and the materials costs. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to have a magic wand in your hand in today's market and will everything through wishing to be priced that, hey, it didn't work. It doesn't work, Ira, at the number you're telling me. My, my investment return doesn't work. Well, this is what it is. And so let's talk about you know what you want to do about it. So have you seen that happening? And I guess this is to underline that under or underscore that communication aspect or are you you know working with your clients to say hey you need more of a reserve for your you know materials uh pricing you know volatility potential or you know yes. um yeah yes i mean our sworn statements have an owner's contingency or a miscellaneous spend category that if it doesn't get spent it, you know it's on the outlined cost and if it doesn't get spent it goes back to the owner but you know, there's hidden conditions and change orders on most construction projects, even when we're designing them with our design partners, because we manage the architecture process for design build, you know, an architect, all my trades, my experience going out to an asset, you still can't see in the walls. You still don't know that there isn't going to be, you know, challenges with rot or, um, you know, things in the way when you're planning on moving stuff inside walls, etc. So, uh, you know, we believe in having money set aside 
uh, with the hoped for not to spend and the reality that uh, change order or product shortage or um, you know change in scope is one way to skin the cap. So if in the time frame of the pandemic, have you seen any um, shifts in terms of types of projects that your clients are, are looking at? Has there been a change in taste for multifamily as compared to you know retail or, or something like that? I mean, and I would imagine you would look at that in terms of, uh, say, the number of bid requests you're receiving or, you know, hey, could you come look at this type of uh, request you're receiving? Has there been a shift there? There has. Uh, you know, I will... I will say that the multifamily industry is the champion asset class real estate uh, to own and operate if you know what you're doing. Similar to what was 2008, 9, 10, you know, if you own multifamily when homes were foreclosing, people had to live somewhere. The apartment industry is essentially, I think, what carried us through, you know, where every other industry was collapsing. Similarly, over the last two years, you know, people are working from home. The, we were deemed an essential business. We worked all the way through the pandemic. People who had started projects wanted them to continue. People who had assets they were planning to spend on so they could realize their investment opportunity, we were able to continue with them. And working from home became a whole, you know, who ever heard the term social distancing, essential business, <laughs> work from home. These are things that have come over the last two years and working from home if you're living in an apartment, then a great investment for any owner operator is world-class Wi-Fi. You have to be able to support the bandwidth in your apartment building because 50% of them are possibly working from home. It's, it would be great if you could spend in your, you know, in your budget to make those units based on class and you know, tenancy a, a workplace within their unit, or if there's a carve out space within the building to make some, you know, small modular offices for someone to leave their apartment, but still be home and working, uh, you know, the, the need for apartment uh, is huge. Absolutely huge. So I'd imagine in that vein, you know, you would see a lot of changes in that way, you know, people looking for fast Wi-Fi is a great example. Are they looking for, do you have people upgrading, you know, from a one bed to a two bed just so they can get their own office, but that's, that's a, an expensive upgrade. So maybe that person wants to go to buy their own house. I mean, it probably depends on your market. Right. But, but a lot it of does, I mean, yes. things like outdoors, you know, everyone, because they were being told to stay home because they were working from home, outdoor improvements in both multifamily and single family, because we operate uh, three brands in our business. One of them is a single family design build uh, type of construction local to the Chicago market. And the outdoor amenities, so people had a nice place to go outside because they were working from home inside, having a learning space in their home for their kids who were you know, educated from home during the height of the pandemic. You know, there's all of these things that have come into play and the apartment builders, apartment owners have adapted. We've seen projects for outdoors. We've seen projects for pet focused amenities because people have pets. The, the pet industry never saw business like it's seen in the last two years. More people own pets because they're staying home and, you know, it's hard to get a dog. You talk about a plumbing fixture, it's hard to get a dog. 
you know <laughs> there there's honestly being at home has changed you know the way people operate we've got people who literally work from home full-time who work at mosaic construction that was never the case two years ago well, you know, as somebody who is, uh, I, I'm, I'm a passionate work from home person. I, I love working from home. I always hated offices. That is a, a shift I'm happy to see, but I'm, I'm sad it had to come on uh, due to such a cost, you know. There's no question, Taylor, that we are seeing, you know, improvements across office space, multifamily space, uh, you know, home, residential work. People have the means. The market is uh, very active in the construction world, be it new construction and remodeling. Awesome. Well, that is great to hear. And, and I'd love to see that keep going. Many markets are shy of housing and we had a, a, a loss of new development really for, for almost a decade. And I'm, I'm glad to see that new things are getting built and hopefully we'll relieve some of our housing shortage. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. The first step to growing your wealth is tracking your wealth, income, spending, and everything else about your finances. You can start tracking your wealth for free and get six free months of wealth advisory with personal capital by going to escapingwallstreet.com and using our link. Create your free account today and automate the way you track your money. Personal capital is my preferred way to track my finances, and now we're making that available for listeners. Terms and conditions apply. See the personal capital website for details. Once again, to get the offer, go to escapingwallstreet.com and use our link. Back to the show. All right, Ira, I've got three questions I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? I am. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? Again, not a real estate investment. Uh, speaking from, I guess, the lens of being a business owner of 30 years, the best investment that I've made is in the people that we've hired on our team. Uh, a close second would be the software that we invest that helps us with our project management and our financials and the processes. Construction is very much a process-oriented success story. So good processes and good training leads to good performance. Nice, nice. We had the best investment. Now we go to the other side of that coin, the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made? It's it's not necessarily people as well, because we've certainly had challenges with some of the team that we have hired over the years. Uh, I would say that training is a investment that we have not invested enough in. We have just, you know, we've been so focused on our projects that, you know, the, the leadership of the company needs to be more invested in training to raise the talent level of our team. And so I would uh, say that's an area that needs improvement within, you know, the company to uh, revolutionize, you know, our team. Nice, nice. Keep investing in those people and make it happen. My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? I don't want to, you know, have it be a three answer people because uh, it's not necessarily that there. There are several things that have contributed uh, to our success. I would say thinking outside the box and having a growth mindset has been critical. We have expanded the offering of types of assets that we work on our brands because of that. Yes. And philosophy, someone coming to us with a project opportunity, our experience in that sector may not be as deep as they want. And we say yes, because of our reputation 
and you know we're all of a sudden uh, a growth in that sector. Uh, I also think there's a, a very uh, important thing about culture within a company and having some type of cultural flagpole around um, the common language as a team that we understand what our processes are and what's important to us and what do we stand for. Nice, nice. Well, Ira, thank you for joining us today and shedding light on a part of the real estate investing business that I think a lot of us don't focus on enough, the, the construction side and, and contracting side. If folks want to reach out, if they want to get in touch, if they want to learn more about your company or what you do, where can they track you down? Thank you uh, again, Taylor, for a nice discussion and for the opportunity. Um, they can reach me directly via email uh, as well as uh, calling our office. You know, I would say that a, an email and a phone call are free. And if you really have a question about something related to you're about to consider a purchase or you have a problem that you're trying to solve for already in process, uh, a phone call is an easy one for me to answer. Tell me that you uh, heard me on the Taylor podcast and, uh, you know, I'll be happy to help you. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you once again for joining us today. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars if you don't mind, you guys. I appreciate that so much. I mean it every time that I say it because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. That helps other people learn about the show. And I'm always honest with you guys. That gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. Thank you for tuning in once again. I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.